Welcome to the Cutaways Podcast. I'm Justine. And I'm Ashley. Now, every week on our show, we turn on Netflix to watch a romantic comedy, and we're watching them in chronological order to gain insight and context to this awesome yet somewhat troubling genre. Yeah. I don't think we realized how troubling it actually was going to be. Yeah. It's fun. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, what are we what are we in for today? Today we're watching 1952's Monkey Business, Ooh. which is very exciting because it's our very first Cary Grant and Ginger Rogers movie. Yes, I love Cary Grant and Ginger Rogers separately. Uh huh. So now they're together, and I'm so excited. Yeah. I have never seen. I've never seen this movie. I've never seen. I'm excited to watch it as well. Um, so Netflix has the description as Cary Grant and Ginger Rogers make a delicious screwball comedy team in this wacky film about a middle-aged boar who may have invented a youth serum. It sounds wacky. It does. It sounds a lot like, have you ever seen Love Potion number nine? No. It's got Sandra Bullock and, um, this British dude who I can never remember his name, but they play like these ugly, they, well, yeah, they're costumes are ugly and it's kind of like a precursor to uh the princess diaries where then she takes this potion and she becomes beautiful and he takes the potion and becomes beautiful and everybody falls in love with him and all this stuff and uh that's what this reminds me of two two thoughts i have about this uh description first of all they use the names of the actors and not the names of the characters i think to try and sell it more yeah, Netflix is kind of weird, because this doesn't really describe really anything that's going on in the movie. Well, I guy invents youth serum, but yeah, it doesn't say, like, what's the consequence of that or something. Yeah. Um, my other thought was that we're seeing another, like, kind of scholarly Cary Grant role. Like, we just watched him, and people will talk where he's a doctor, and now he's um, an inventor, probably. Yeah. I think that was just, that's, that's him. Like, that's his, the way he, his, his charm, that Mm -hmm. he just can pull that kind of stuff off, so he was always cast in those type of roles, um, where he's not very, he's the the clean cut kind of. Yeah. He may be a little bit on the darker side of things, like, uh, in His Girl Friday, but he's still the, the proper gentleman, me type person. He is. He's, he's good at that. Yeah, he's very he's very suave. So our director is Howard Hawks, who also directed his Girl Friday. So this is going to be funny. Yeah, well, I hope it. This is going to be funny. Do we have high expectations because of his Girl Friday? Probably, but it's going to be funny. Okay. <laughs> okay. It's Cary Grant and Ginger Rogers. Mm-hmm. Both are hilarious. This was also a 1953 Golden Globe Award nominee for Best Actress. So for Ginger. Ginger. Ginger did a good job, apparently, yeah. according to the to the Golden Globes. It's rated four stars on Netflix. It seems it it seems like this is gonna be a good movie. We're gonna have a good one. Yes, this is not gonna be a creepy British <laughs> situation again. Really, the Brits needed to question their priorities, and I hope they did as Ronald Weasley suggests. <laughs> let's go watch this movie. Yes, let's do. Okay, so I didn't take very many notes. So it's one of those movies. Ashley really liked it. That's what she means. <laughs> I really liked it too. I took lots of notes. Yeah. 
because it, it was very easy <laughs> and clear and concise oh it was you you knew exactly where where it was going you knew what the lesson or the message of the whole movie really was and thought that it was it was so cute it was mm-hmm. just cute it was one of those things that you just kind of want to bottle up and just go ah. I thought it was really funny. I feel like it's the funniest and sexiest movie that oh, we've for watched. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The romance felt real. Mm-hmm. This was the first one where I think, well, I mean, His Girl Friday. His Girl Friday was very good. I mean, since the same director, semi the same cast, completely different premise. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, the romance felt rooted and real and I felt like Ginger Roger and uh Cary Grant were like a real couple I felt like their characters in this movie in this movie in monkey business in monkey business yes in uh his girl Friday we had that same feeling that these two should be together Mm -hmm. but since now in this relationship this is like a established married relationship where they're starting to kind of feel the the 15 year slump or whatever it is that they they coded as it changes the amount of years every decade or so mm-hmm. um but yeah it was it was rooted and um they felt real and they were cute yeah they were just cute I just wanted to gobble them all up and be like oh <laughs> is there do you like this movie better than his girl friday or are they too different I feel like they're too different for me to compare. Like, I really liked the the pacing and the fast talking and the like the mm-hmm. just everything behind his Girl Friday, and then this one is just like a completely different side of that comedy for me. Like, right? This is, yeah, his Girl Friday is more of a drama. Yeah, his Girl Friday it has was funny, but it had lots of dramatic moments. Yeah, it's like a dramedy. Whereas this is very screwball yeah very very, we had some deep belly laughs with this movie oh yeah and there was definitely some a a lot more physical comedy Mm -hmm. in this and you kind of got to see you got to see the actors just have fun like that yes it was genuinely they were all having fun this would have been such a cool set to be on because you had the 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 real animals they had real chimpanzees trained excellently trained yeah animals on set goofing around it, it just looked like it was a lot of fun and that I think it came off in the story and in the I don't know it just came off awesome <laughs> in a way no I agree with you um to me it reminded me well Barnaby and Edwina were both in their 20s phase like separately but they both kind of felt like um, Back to the Future. Yeah, for sure. I could definitely see that. Yeah. And when they were both together, when they were uh, like 10-year-olds, it reminded me a lot of Eternal Sunshine, where um, Jim Carrey and Kate Winslet were being the young kids. Yeah. It reminded me so much of that. And those are like my favorite movies. So <laughs> it felt Eternal good. Eternal Sunshine is mine. Yeah. I love Eternal Sunshine. Oh. Yeah. It was... Yeah, they were so genuine about it. Like, you really believe that they were, ten, like, 10 years old. Mm-hmm. And I kind of want to do, like, more research if that just was how they approached it. Like, how did they... Is that just who they were? Or, like... I guess what I'm asking more is, like, is this how they kind of... They kept their... As actors, they kept the, the child inside of them alive. Like, you kind of mm-hmm. hear that, like, a lot of actors do that that way, and they just drew from that, or... Well, I feel... Cary Grant in this is 48. Yeah. And Ginger Rogers is 41. They have years of acting experience. They are great actors. I feel like 
we don't have that so much these days because of the high turnaround of talent. This is true. Yeah, I we can have see that. just a twenty somethings, twenty somethings all the time. Yeah, or you go back and you have like the seventy year olds playing a lot younger than what they right, are yeah. and, and stuff like that. Like yeah. in Back to the Future, because they spent uh, a lot of the time in the in the fifties. They so when they were in the eighties, they were the young actors wearing old makeup. Yeah, you know. Yeah, which worked for that, at least that time period, I felt like. I was kind of, that's why I looked up how old they were, because I, I was one, because they were so good at being 20-year-olds, I was like, how old are these people? They were good at being, like, they were just so good at, at finding those itty-bitty, like, different type of personality traits that that just kind of identify that, that age group, and make it in, like, a unique, personal way. It was mm-hmm. very... That's, like, kind of why I'm like, God, why did you guys have to die? I want to ask you questions. <laughs> because they're so good. Like, we don't... I wish we had this. Mm-hmm. Because, I don't know, just watching His Girl Friday and then seeing, like, the, the progression from, from that to this, it's like, where where is that in our kind of comedy? Where is that in our generation? Like... We're kind of in this in-between generation where all of the uh, the major stars have left, and we're kind of just in this hodgepodge of people well, trying to make these things happen again. I don't know. We're getting closer and closer to modern movies and movies that look like modern movies. Yeah, it's it's interesting to see like the differences of how like the progression of comedy has kind of happened because you didn't really. To me, smart comedy is timeless. It lasts forever. Mm-hmm. And we're kind of getting into that that part where people have kind of really figured out what made vaudeville so great and what made just comedy in general. And translating more, that to movies. Yeah, and translating it out to, to movies, whether it be within the camera, the way that they stay on certain things, or what they need to show. So with the editing, with the music, yeah. the dialogue. With the, just like, yeah, just the whole sound design of it too, because I think this was the one where we, this is the first one where we've had like sound, like actual sound effects that were placed in there. Right, yeah, they did a bunch of ADR, they did some Walla for the Chimps. Mm-hmm. Definitely could tell the walla for the chimps. Mm-hmm. Damn, that chimp was so well trained. <laughs> we need to we need to put the clip on Twitter of that chimp. Sure. Just a, there's probably lots of gifts on on uh, yeah, Tumblr for this movie. I feel like it's kind of like you can only describe it so much uh, verbally, but it needs to be seen because this looked like it looked like an actor. It looked like mm-hmm. like today where you kind of had the everything is CGI, which. Really sucks. This was a real life fucking chimp. Mm-hmm. This is a real life chimpanzee, which are angry and like you see them at the zoo, just don't poop at one another sometimes. So to take that experience with the zoo and then throw it into like a movie, it's like, how did they do that? Probably unethical ways. <laughs> I hope not. All I right. hope not. Let's dive in. Okay. So, um, we meet our main character, Barnaby, played by Cary Grant, at his front door. <laughs> yes! Oh, this was the, uh, they broke the fourth wall. Mm-hmm. This is the first movie we've had where it broke the fourth wall. Yeah. I don't even think that was a, the thing that they knew existed back then, because I don't mm-hmm. think it became a thing until Right. During the, um, the 60s. During the opening credits, uh, Cary Grant would pop out of the door, and you'd hear the director... Yeah, this is the only time that the director has ever appeared 
His voice. Uh, his voice on one of his films. Right, you said, not yet, Carrie. And then Carrie would pop back in the door. Yeah, it was like a crossover. I don't know if it was intended or if it was just like the editor was just like, this would be hilarious if we left it in there. Yeah, I don't know how it came to be. Yeah, I couldn't find anything. That was the thing that I was looking for and I couldn't mm-hmm. find anything. But yeah, it was it was really cool to to see that, that moment of just, you're talking to the actor, not the character, but he's still, he's in character. Mm-hmm. Like, just his facial expressions and his actions. Yeah. So, he's wearing a, a tux-ish. Not really yeah, a It's tux. like a suit and a it's tie. A, and... Yeah, it's a, it's a dressy-up suit. It's not a day suit. No, it's a dress suit. It's a, it's a fancy outing suit. Yeah. And uh, his wife, Edwina, played by uh, Ginger Rogers, she's there and she's like, okay, ready to go. You got to turn off the the hall light, turn on the outside light, and lock and shut the door and lock it. And we're and I'll start the car. Yeah, I'll start the car. So he does those things, except he doesn't leave the house. <laughs> when she came oh. to the door, he did them backwards. He turned off the outside oh, okay. light. He turned on the hall light and opened the door. He's a bit uh, absent-minded, professor. Right here. Oh, yeah, especially with the glasses. Yeah, he's got these huge Coke bottle glasses. Oh, they're great. Yeah. I loved him. And uh, it's revealed that he's a chemist and that he's not thinking clearly because he's thinking about his formula from earlier the day. He's he's got work on the brain. Yeah, he just can't quite get this uh, formula to work in his experiments. He's experimenting on chimps at work by giving them this formula he's thinking about people getting older and um wanting to to bring back their youth yeah so essentially it's a youth formula yeah it's like the found it's this the whole logic of it i it really didn't matter in the end it's just like this whole fountain of youth kind of thing which i love the pun Mm -hmm. of the fountain of youth (laughs) i don't know did you which pun the water fountain. The water fountain oh. is the fountain of youth. <laughs> I think that's that's kind of that's where it's similar in his Girl Friday. You have these these physical puns mm-hmm. throughout. That well, they're you, the they're physical metaphors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess that's a better term for it. Yeah, it's the the metaphor for what they're they're trying to come across like they're trying to explain in their message but Um, yeah he's stuck in this this thought process of what to do with this chemical and so she automatically starts undressing him yeah he is not fit to go out no in the evening and this was this was the cute romantic part where she's like i don't want to go out with you if you're not all there so let's let's just make some dinner yeah so she makes him egg soup i don't know she put milk and eggs in a bowl it was scrambled eggs but then she said, or then he called it soup. He called it soup? He called it soup. Oh. This is where I got confused, because I was like, she's putting milk and eggs in scrambling them, and then putting them in a pot, and then giving yeah. it to him in a bowl. That's scrambled eggs. But then he says, I burnt myself on this soup. This soup is hot. Well, I don't think he was paying attention to what he was eating, because she says it's hot, and he eats it. Okay. He's, he's still being absent-minded at this point. True, I just, that was confusing. Why they're having breakfast at, at night, I don't know, because she immediately hands him some toast or some bread or something. Hey, this, this has been covered before in the Fault in Our Stars, scrambled eggs, 
do not have to just strictly be a breakfast food, Justine. John Green has told us so. Oh, okay. Is John Green a Time Lord, too? Probably. Probably. (laughs) This is a valid point. What's funny about this scene is that she has also taken off her dress. You can see it hanging in the background, and she's got on a a full apron. Yeah, it covers her up, except for her back. You can clearly see her full back. Right. And she is just wearing her, like, slip underneath. Because that's what you did. You're not going to wear your fancy evening gown in the kitchen. True. And it's just her and her husband until, um, is it the lawyer that comes over? Her ex-boyfriend, who is also their lawyer, his name is Hank. Awkward. Yeah, I didn't, why, if he was her ex-boyfriend, why would he be their lawyer? Why is he still allowed to be in this woman's life? Well, I don't know, maybe it's small town. Well, he's clearly trying to steal her. You think? Oh, he's trying to break them up in, in not so many words. Okay. I always see the innocent and good in people, and you always see their devious underbellies. <laughs> he gets really excited when he finds her. He gets he gets a call from her, and he's like, okay, I'll come right over. Why aren't you going out? Why, why are you uh, still with this man, essentially? Well, because that first time she calls him, she told him... It was domestic abuse. Well, no, 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 no. It's, he, she call, or, does it, is it, it's either he calls her or she calls him because he comes over when they're in the kitchen. She calls him to tell him that they won't be going out to this party. So then he comes over and says, why aren't you coming out to this party? I don't know if he was meeting them or something or on his way or something where he couldn't. I took it as he's coming over there to try and, like, just take her to the party because he knows that she wants to go, and he thinks it's dumb that her husband is not treating her right in a way. I didn't quite get that, but I can see it now how they would want to have him as a character like Marilyn Monroe was in there. Yeah. Okay, I didn't see him as... I didn't get the pairing between... I think it was more, like, just... I get the appeal of Marilyn Monroe. (laughs) Well, it's Marilyn Monroe, but I think it's just, yeah, it's like to have the balance between, it's to give each character this, I guess, illusion that there is others out there who Mm -hmm. find them interesting or attractive. Right. Um, Maybe if they had a scene alone. Maybe. I think I took it more as, it kind of progressed. She gave away more about the relationship than he did. Kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Did I mention she was just wearing a slip? Yeah. Yeah. Cary Grant notices it, and <laughs> that part's funny. Oh, yeah, he's, like, trying to, like, he, like, sneaks up behind her butt with a towel. Yeah. And she's like, dude, what the fuck? What are you doing? And then he, uh, he's like, here, honey, why don't you sit down on this chair and tell me how it feels? And she's like, oh, it's cold! And she's like, Oh, I'm just wearing my slip. Yeah. And so that was that was a really yeah. nice, cute, like, physical comedy moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and you definitely could see the the over-the-topness, but the truth behind, like, I don't know. I don't. I, it's one of those things that you don't know how to really describe. Yeah, and I think it, it just showed, like, how comfortable of a couple they were together. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Right. So to solve the problem, she puts on another apron backwards over the tush. <laughs> All while discreetly in front of their company. Hey, they did it without him, like, noticing. That's right. So, um, Carrie eats his his eggs, and he burns his mouth, 
And then he suddenly has a eureka moment where he says, heat, heat will solve the formula. That's the whole issue that I'm having. Yes, I've... It's all we need is heat. Yes, yes, yes. And she tells him, what's his face, the lawyer guy, like, well, we're definitely not going out now because we're staying in to celebrate. Yeah. (laughs) And she was the one who initiated it. He wasn't. (laughs) <laughs> and he's like, there, your phone's ringing, and they were like, no, I don't care. <laughs> I was like, yes, they are a sexy couple. Oh, it was it was so steamy. Mm-hmm. It was super steamy. And like, they're just kiss. They're like not even kissing, barely, just holding each other, looking at each other intently, and being like, this is what we're gonna do. Yeah, like <laughs> it wasn't even. It's like approval with your eyes, yeah, kind of thing. <laughs> it was super sexy. When it was like, they're going to do it on that kitchen table, yeah. like, right now. Like, he's going to leave, and they're going to do it on that table. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, there are no beds. <laughs> they were pushing the beds together tonight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I forgot they had separate beds. Right. That weirdness. Like, that, I, I understand. They couldn't show, uh, they that couldn't, was a part of the code. That yeah. They couldn't you, show a single bed. bed. No, you can't show that there's, like, that they sleep in the same bed. Which is the weirdest thing ever today because we don't think about that at right. all. Yeah. Like, whose parents slept in separate beds? So, the next day, um, Cary Grant. Can I just call him Cary Grant? His yeah. name's Barnaby, but I like calling him Cary Grant. <laughs> yeah, I think it's using his real name. I mean, they used his real name in the movie, so let's just do it. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> Cary Grant, a.k.a. Barnaby. He heads back into his office to see his boss. Not really. It's like this um, company had hired these scientists to develop this formula. Yeah, so it's like the, the her is like supervisor kind right. of thing. Um, Mr. Oxley. Yeah, he's so, like the one who just takes care of all the paperwork and makes sure they're like doing, doing things, stuff. Yeah. yeah. And Mr. Oxley's secretary is Marilyn Monroe. Yeah. And while uh, Cary Grant is waiting, Marilyn Monroe shows him her new uh, stockings. Yeah, her seamless stockings that will not run, tear, or, like, just cause issues. Yeah, as a man of science, he would appreciate them. Well, he invented them. He invented the, the material, like, the formula for the material so mm-hmm. that it, they could create these yeah. stockings. And Marilyn was showing her sexy gams. Oh, yeah, she had, like, her leg all... It's actually one of the pictures uh, on Netflix. Oh. Is her standing there. It's also one that is used as a, because they have a color picture of her during, with uh, Cary Grant during that scene, and it's used as a, a photo reference of her early work on her Wikipedia page. Right, yeah, they showed, the, the cover DVD that they have on IMDb is of just Marilyn Monroe. Yeah, <laughs> which is why they don't, re- like, that's why when I was like, they didn't reference her at all in the, the credits of, for Netflix, mm-hmm. and yet, there she like but she had a she small is. part she's there and they're they're kind of using her image mm-hmm. to um reference it except for her, not her name well i think nowadays she's the most famous person from this movie yeah. oh yeah yeah from this movie yes yes she is the most well well-known figure yeah of this movie the the sad thing is is that Cary Grant isn't we should fix that because he is amazing for, oh, yeah, and, like, the, we'll get to it later, but the scene at the pool, just. <laughs> <laughs> He's least... a 48-year-old man, but he does not look it. He is all man. <laughs> 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 so, 
Okay, so he goes into the office of Mr. Oxley, who looks familiar to me, but I don't I don't think I've seen anything that he's been in. He looks exactly like the villain from uh China's Yeah. Head. Yeah, that's just, that's what you're saying. I don't he looked and sounded familiar, but I mean, it's kind of interesting. I feel like we've had several of those actors which have looked similar like the big portly monocle wearing actors. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, he wants to name the new formula B4. Yeah, it just did the letter B and the number 4. Yeah. Because before and after. Right. So, you want to go back to the before. And you'll be a phoenix rising out of the ashes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I forgot that that's the, the advertising image he wanted yeah. to use. It's like, jam, we're going, like, crazy. Like, you, you dead and you want to rise <laughs> again. <laughs> Okay. Take yeah, and breath. Cary Grant is like, I don't think this is a good idea. First of all, we're not even close to being done yet. And second of all, you're promising people, like, things that we cannot, you know, meet. We, yeah, we cannot achieve. Because I guess he's more going for curing, well, kind of treating oldness diseases or something. I kind of got the idea that this was, like, early Viagra trials. Oh, well. But, like, for men and women. Yeah. But, I mean, he was, they were excited about that it, it cured some, some rheumatism yeah. in some of the chimps, and, you know, he had something in his shoulder that he was, you know, just like the aches and pains of, of getting older. Yeah. Arthritis, stuff like that. Yeah, it's like kind of like a cure-all, like, youth, you, you still retain your... Right, you your, still look like you, you just feel younger. Younger. But I don't think he was going for the mental side effects right. of it. <laughs> Yes, that was his problem. Yeah. Um. So they get called back into the to the to the lab because there's a, a chimpanzee escape and they they used monkey and chimpanzee, but it's a chimp. It's totally a chimp. We are smarter now. She is cute. Mhm. Esther. Was yeah, it? Esther. So they're like looking at this chimp and they're like, "What's the deal with this?" And they thought it was it was this weird thing where they thought it was a different chip, and they're like, "Let it go," and it starts spinning around. Yeah, it was dancing, and it climbed on top of things. It was swinging across lights, and and then Carrie Grant is like, "Yo, chimp, come here," and like talks him down or hair her down, and he's like cuddling with the chimp, and I'm like, "Oh my god!" Like it's an actual real chimp. I this that was like the the moment where I was just like. Why can't we do this anymore? Because it's so cool to see the the human animal like interaction in a in a cute, sweet way. Yeah, and I know like chimps and monkeys are very smart and they learn language and we can communicate with them. But I'm not sure how ethical it is to I don't know for them to be a part of something and them not being able to be completely free or do what they want of their own free will type of thing. Yeah, no, I, I, I understand. It's just, it's it's nice to see, like... Yes, it's amazing what they can do. Con- what they can do, and just see the, t- the interaction, because you kind of see, like, the understanding between the actor and the animal, almost, because for the monkey to respond in the way, or the chimp to respond in the way that he did to Cary Grant, they actually would have had to have spent yeah, a they, certain amount of time together. They definitely had training together, you could tell. Yeah, and so... For them to have that, like, bonding understanding together, it's just, it's really cool to see. Because we don't, we don't have those, like, in-your-face kind of moments. Like, even the viral videos that we have, we don't have, like, the interaction between humans, um, ourselves, and The, the only one I kingdom. can think of 
that'd be kind of close would be the um i think it was a gorilla who really loved robin williams oh coco yeah yeah that's true where she would sign and just be like i love you robin williams and give him hugs yeah (laughs) she was recently they well they told her about him passing and she like went off into her like her little area and cried i was like oh yeah. Okay, this part, I was like, maybe they could have cut this out. I don't see any bearing this had at all to the plot. But Cary Grant was like, you've switched their clothing. This is really Esther and not the other one that they thought it was. And you've got to be more careful. Blah, 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 blah. I think it was just a whole, this is science and this is our ethics of science. Well, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I think it was a way to introduce the chimp. So... Sort of. Well, like a way to introduce the younger chimp. Right, like, introduce whatever. Esther to show, yeah, the, that she's younger, that she's more playful, that she does things out of her own whims, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, and she's smart. Yes. Yeah. So I kind of took that back a little, what I said. You don't want to cut it anymore. Mm. You can cut it down. A little bit. Yeah. Everybody leaves or something. Well, they get to work. Yeah, like everybody they... goes to work, like good workers, and um, we see the guy who takes care of them, and pretty much it's the same guy who's like the janitor, also like takes care of the uh, takes care. He's of the, the monkey wrangler. Yeah, so he comes in and he's changing the um, water fountain water. It's empty, so he's taking the old bottle out, and then um, Esther escapes because her padlock wasn't locked, and she's in this tiny little itty bitty cage. Um, so she gets out, and she immediately sits down at the lab table and starts mixing chemicals. She's been, because she's been watching, um, mm. Barnaby. Mm-hmm. So she wants to try herself. And she, like, mixes everything under the sun. And, oh my god, this is the part where I was just like, this chimp was so well trained. Because she dumped the chemical into the little, She um, takes, vial. like, the stopper off. Pours it out, puts the stopper back on, puts yeah. it down, takes the next thing. Yeah, and she was, like, licking the stopper mouth, yeah. which is really cool. And You can tell, like, she they were, like, off screen or something, signing to her or something, motioning her to, like, now take it so it looks like you're taking a drink. Yeah, yeah. She was clearly, like, present in what she was doing, and she... Mm-hmm. I think it was, I think they made it kind of like a game for her, probably, and mm-hmm. if she was as young as what they were kind of alluding to, I don't think she was as young as, like, six months old, but... Right. Well, I've forgotten, yeah, previous to this escaping, Barnaby did mix himself, his recent batch, with the, the heat. Yes. He was, he went to the, the, like, rocker lab thing. The, um... Yeah, it was, it's, it's a different type of sense. Oh, or... they called it an incubator. Yeah, something like that. Right, so he was in the incubator room preparing the chemical um, while uh, Esther was doing this. And then she takes it. I thought she was going to drink it all, but instead she takes it and dumps it into the water fountain basin. Yeah, so it's like mixed in with the, the with water the, that with was the drinking left over. Water. Yeah. So then Barnaby comes back with his assistant and he's like, Screw it all. I'm going to start experimenting on myself. We need to, like... We need to hurry up human testing because they want they want the chemical now. Yeah. Everyone wants to feel young now. Right. So he drinks his first uh, concoction, and then he says, oh, that tastes terrible. Let me rinse it down some water. 
So, yeah, he takes, he drinks the water, and that actually is what causes the reaction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they all said, ooh, even that makes the water taste bitter. Yeah, that became a running gag. Yeah, so he, he's with his assistant, and all of a sudden he starts feeling vertigo and dizzy, and um, he thinks he's gone blind. That's right, he did think he, he was like, I'm blind, I can't see. He starts writing on the desk when he was trying to take notes, and... Yeah. Then he, like... I love that part, because we were yelling at the TV, take your glasses off! Yeah. <laughs> that part we were completely invested in. Oh, yeah, because he, he did such a good job. Like the like I said, the physical comedy was great. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, tell, it told you what the, what the problem was without having to verbally say it at right, all. Right, and it was so funny. Oh, yeah, because he, there were several different gags. Like, it was, he needed to write, or he couldn't see, so he takes his glasses off and rubs his eyes, and, like, it's like he's getting a headache, and then he, like, looks out, and... His, his eyes bulge out. Yeah. His facial expressions were perfect. Right. Like, he always, Cary Grant always has, like, these moments with himself. Yeah. As characters. He just kind of checks in with his body occasionally. Yeah, it's like... Like, he was always checking his, like, cufflinks in Mm -hmm. His Girl Friday, and, like, there's different, like, mannerisms that he brings, like, from himself to Mm -hmm. the the character, like, the candy thing from, um... People uh, will talk. People will talk. So, uh, yeah, it's really nice, because it makes those moments genuine. It makes it work. Like, listen, actors, like, if you want to, (gasps) to really bring a, a character out, you really need to, like, find those little fine-tuned moments that that really make the character work because Mm -hmm. I think we subconsciously are always looking for those we're always looking for their tell almost to like like, what makes people human yeah yeah we're always looking for like the 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 things that make people real in a sense right and they people do like have these tics like when they're in similar situations you know when they're feeling one certain emotion they have a tick yeah yeah like when I'm excited i do my hand flappy thingy. <laughs> you but become a bird. I do become a bird. I can't help it. So, like, Cary Grant, take off his glasses. He's feeling great. He's, his, he checks the, his arm pain. He swings his arm around and he does a cartwheel. Yeah, it was awesome. His whole physicality has changed. Like, he was, like, definitely, like, old man Cary Grant. Yeah, he carried himself in a, in a different, like, low, mm-hmm. lower kind of um, gravity to it. You know, he was talking slower. Yeah, and he had, um, his voice was even a little bit lower, mm-hmm. and his eyes were not so you much. You couldn't even really see his eyes with his glasses. Yeah, but you could tell that he wasn't, like, up and perky and, right. like, excited about life and, and stuff. Like, he... Because then, like, that's the total 180. Right. So now he's, like, a 20-year-old, and his physicality has completely changed to someone who's ready to party. Yeah, and he was just, like, yeah. this, 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 this. And it was, again, to that, it was kind of, he went back to his His Girl Friday kind of mm-hmm. pace of things. Whereas with People Will Talk and this, it starts off with him being kind of mellow and slow and didn't ha- doesn't have that... that pacing to it Mm -hmm. but then you you see it switch you definitely could tell that he really thought about the switch Mm -hmm. and um knew how to bring the the nuance to it right yeah um so then like his wife calls him 
And then Oxley calls him, like, he's on the phone with these people, but he, he's very sassy and funny. Oh, yeah, he's like, he's like, hello, this is a water replacement uh, facility, what can I do for you? Yeah, and he answers <laughs> the phone like, Griffith Observatory, like, yeah. Griffith Zoo, Snake Department, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that was great. Yeah, he had these, like, little moments where he just brought those, those really little things, like... He starts being a jokester. Yeah, and... This is where it reminded me a lot of, I think I said this with his girl Friday, is he reminds me a lot of my grandpa. And I, like, I, that's what I texted my grandma. I was just like, you have to let my grandpa, like, let grandpa know that, like, we're watching Cary Grant right now and he reminds me so much of grandpa because that's what my grandpa, like, did. And I think it's from growing up with, with Cary Grant, like, as his, like, role model for suave and Mm -hmm. that, that kind of aspect kind of thing. So it was just kind of like... Oh, and I think that kind of drew me in a little bit more. Right. Um, so, uh, his wife called and said, you go buy a car. Yeah, for no, like, apparent reason, just, like, the car, the car, uh, salesman called and said he could, he has a hot deal for you or yeah. something like that. So then he walks out the window. Very Indiana Jones. <laughs> well, yeah, he, like, opens the window and he's just like, I'm going now, and then just, like, steps out <laughs> and he's gone. <laughs> And the window, sh- uh, the shades just fall down. Yeah, and Oxley comes in, and he's like, what was that? I don't know. He just had this crazy phone call. Where did he go? He's like, he just went out the window. <laughs> yeah, I didn't see him in the hall. Right, so then he's like, where's he going? Oh, he went to go buy a car. So then he calls up uh, Miss Laurel, which is uh, Marilyn Monroe, and says, "You, I want you to go to every Ford dealership in town, and I want you to find um, Barnaby. And she's like, which one do you want me to do? She plays a dumb blonde. <laughs> oh, yeah, and I think that's where... I mean, that's, that's kind of was Marilyn Monroe's staple at the beginning of her career. Mm-hmm. And, and even throughout it, I, I think people really didn't take her seriously because of the way that she looked. Yeah. And, I mean, she played it well. She had, she had her timing down really quite nice. And I, she kept, she was on par with Carrie, uh, Carrie Grant. Yeah. So then Cary Grant goes and gets this sexy haircut. Oh, yeah, his, uh, his, like, army haircut. His buzz cut. Oh, it was nice. It looked nice. good on him. It was really, it was the, it wasn't, I don't even, I don't even know. I it was kind of like the undercut, but shorter. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was really nice. It looked good on him. And then he goes and gets a new suit. A funky plaid suit with argyle socks. Yeah, where he, like, modeled the socks. He, yeah. like, holds them up to the suit and is just like... Yes, these will these will do nicely as he's turning back and forth to make sure that the, yeah. the pattern won't clash too much because mm-hmm. it clearly clashed. And then when he's at the Ford dealership, he picks out a sexy new convertible. Oh yeah, a speedster with like a suicide doors. <laughs> oh, they were suicide doors. Oh my god, he was he was got crazy. Yeah, and so uh, Miss Laurel uh, actually finds him there. And well, he finds her, remember. Right, he recognizes her gams. Yeah, he recognizes. And um, sh- he takes her driving, and quite the reckless driving it was. That was so scary. But it was all real. Yeah. It was, they were, like, somewhere in the valley. I really recognize the, the neighborhood, but they were, like, twisting in and out, like how crazy-ass people drive here. They're, like, going swerving back and forth between lanes and around people and almost hitting things. Yeah, around under trucks. Yeah, random weird trucks that I've never seen in existence ever, which I don't know if it was, like, a thing. 
the IMDb comments said it was some sort of forklift truck or carried wood pallets. Alrighty then. Um, it was a thing. It was a thing in the 50s. Let's right. Just... Um, so, yeah, he's clearly, you know, a 20-year-old or whatever. And they get into a car accident. They just run right into a truck. Yeah, because he's not paying attention. He's talking to uh, Laurel and she's, like, confessing her love for him or, like, do you like me? Mm-hmm. You, do you, Mr. Barnaby, do you like me? Kind of thing. And very Marilyn Monroe. Mm-hmm. Like, for what we know of Marilyn Monroe. Yeah, and, um, so they bring the car to the shop, and then they go roller skating. Yeah, where he is like, I'm sure I'll get the hang of this at some point, and then falls flat on his back. Yeah. I'm like, Cary Grant, you know how to, to rollerblade, like, or roller skate. Like, come <laughs> but on. But Barnaby doesn't. Barnaby's an old man. No, and but, that, like, again, like, it's it's kind of those things where you, you, you know these th- certain things about the actor himself, and then they completely fool you because... They found a way to to look like they don't know how to do something. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they go swimming, which is Ashley's favorite part. Oh yes, him and his like short shorts, uh, his short short swim trunks. It wasn't a speedo, but they were like the the European it's style. It's because everything trunks. was still high waisted, so yeah. it was like up to their butts, but up to their waist. Uh, waist, yeah, but. He looked really good. He was really nice and trim and buff, and mm-hmm. he looked really good for a 48-year-old. Mm-hmm. He did And he not does a, a swan dive. Well, he does a belly flop. He's yes. saying that he's going to do a swan dive and wants everyone to look at him, but only Laurel is looking at him because everyone else is looking at her in her swimming suit. hmm And he's on the high dive, and he does this tremendous, like, belly out belly flop. Like, he did not even try to do a dive. <laughs> Like, there was no straight, like, hands-in-the-water execution going on there. You think that hurt him? Oh, it had to... Uh, I've seen people do belly... Fo- I've seen the bruises that my sister used to get from smacking the water um, and not hitting the water in the correct way, mm-hmm. and they're bad. Like, they're they're huge. Like, there was one who, that took up her entire, um, like, thigh area because she smacked to, on her side too hard, and... Um, it was like green and purpley blues. Yeah, it, it looked bad. So, um, Marilyn and Carrie are driving again, and uh, Carrie's song, Carrie and his wife's song, comes on the radio. Comes on the radio, and he's like, "No, leave the song. It's a good song." You could tell Marilyn is jealous of Edwina, but you could also tell that he. He did not really care about her. He right. cares way more about Edwina. Like, yeah. that she is his girl, no yeah. matter what. Yeah. And he was just, like, treating her to, like, a good time kind of thing. Where, yeah, because she was there. Yeah. Like, he just, like, pulled her along with him just to, to have the, the time. Right. But definitely didn't, he did not see her the way that she was seeing him. Mm-hmm. So, um, suddenly, well, gradually and suddenly, he starts losing his vision. He starts losing his vision because the, uh, the potion has started to wear off and he runs into, into a fence. Mm-hmm. They crash into a fence. Um, and then it cuts away. Edwina comes into the lab and finds him asleep on, in his office. Yeah, and he tells her the story of what happened and mm-hmm. and his body's all sore and he's blind again and he's like this only lasted eight hours yeah it's kind of like he was coming off of 
like speed or something like he's just emotionally and physically exhausted yeah um, um so he wants he's like well if it lasted only eight hours with a hundred cc's or whatever well i wonder what 200 cc's how long that would last if it would double the amount of time time to experiment again yeah so they or he pours out uh, the measurement and leaves it on the table because he needs to get something so then Edwina just takes it mm-hmm. and asks how much he's going to drink, and he says, oh, that amount that I poured out. And so she downs it as quick as she can because um, she basically comes to the conclusion that testing it on himself isn't helping him in his research in any way. Yeah. So she wants to be the guinea pig so that he can watch and observe the actual, like, responses. Also, because he came back with the lipstick on his face. Oh, yeah, she's jealous a little. Yeah. She kind of brushes it off at first. Mm-hmm. Kind of like, like, it's just a thing that happens kind of thing. Which is, like, there was one of the articles that I was reading where they were like, this is, this is sexist. Like, this is, it's okay for him to have lipstick on his, his cheek or whatever. And it's like, well, I see their point that a man shouldn't have another woman's lipstick on his face. But you also have to give him a chance to explain. Right, and he did. He said, yeah. oh, it was just what's-her-face. She kissed me. Yeah, on the cheek. Yeah. Yeah, and so... And they're comfortable with their marriage, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was just kind of like, I see the point that the, 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 the article was trying to make, but at the same time, I'm, like, taking it a little too far because of what we know about the characters. Mm-hmm. Like, if it was a different character, if this was a different situation, and if she had found something out about him that... Um, he was, like, hiding from her, I would feel completely different about it. Like, mm-hmm. if he's actively trying to hide it from her, I think I would feel a little different. But because yeah. he's very open about it and you already know from the previous events that he truly loves her. Yeah. That it was Marilyn Monroe's character who was in the wrong, Oh, not yeah, his. for sure. Yeah. So, of course, uh, she drinks the water. Yeah, because it's, it's bitter. Yep. And, ugh, it makes the water taste bitter. <laughs> yep. And, um, Oxley shows up, and they're talking about something. They're talking about how his day just was, and all the effects and stuff like that, and how can we duplicate these effects, and Edwina, and, just, and they're like, well, Edwina just took it, so we can watch her. And it takes her a little bit longer to get into the to the goofiness, but she gets there. Oh, yeah, she gets there. She puts a fish in uh, Oxley's pants. Yep. And then when Oxy goes to sit down, she puts a pie underneath him, so he sits on a pie. Which this, I wanted to know, like, what her, was she still, like, a 20-year-old person, or was she supposed to be, since he doubled, well, I guess it doesn't really matter, because the water is what's actually causing the effect. Right. Right. When they take more of the water, when they drink the coffee, that's when they get younger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Um... And then she also wants to fight uh, Miss Laurel when she shows up. Oh, yeah, up. she's, like, she leans forward. This is, like, where she played it, like, she was kind of a little drunk. Yeah. Like, this is what she would be if her, uh, all of her emotions and everything were a little inhibited mm-hmm. and heightened. She leans forward and she's, like, put him up. Like, I'm gonna fight you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna knock you into next Tuesday. Mm-hmm. So, um... They leave to go out, and Edwina's driving now, and she's super young and peppy. She's, like, just super, like, 
super high energy. Yeah, and she's like, you drive too slow. I'm going to drive. Can I drive? Can I do this? Can I do that? We should go all the way to this hotel that we um, spent our honeymoon on and and spend the night there and recreate our love. That's what they did. They wanted to go dancing, go dancing at the hotel that they had their honeymoon at. Yeah. Um, Which, it's like, I'm under the impression that is at least two two to three hours away. mm Mm-hmm. It's a pretty far distance. Yeah, so they go to the hotel, they get the honeymoon suite, and um, there's dancing going on in the ballroom, and she wants to go do that, and he's a tired old man. So. Yeah. <laughs> and she's very, like, Ginger Rogers with her dance moves, mm-hmm. and they go into the ballroom. So yeah, they go dancing, and he's, like, falling asleep on her while they're slow dancing, and then it starts being peppy again. <laughs> and he's, like, leaning back, like, ugh, I can't do this. Why are you making me do this? But he, do, he like, he still stays with her like a champ. Like, gotta mm-hmm. give him props. But she is up all, like, in everything. Yeah, even after that, she's just like, woo! Yeah, she runs through the halls and yeah. slides and then falls. And then he's just like, get off the ground, Edwina. And she's like, why? <laughs> yeah, so they get back to their room. And he's starting to more take uh, scientific notes of her, like, oh, she's changing her habits, she's doing this, and that's the point where she doesn't want to change in front of him, and... Yeah, she gets scared, and... Yeah, and she gets jealous about his previous girlfriends, and sad that her mom isn't there. Or doesn't, and doesn't like him, and she's trying to recreate her wedding night, mm-hmm. and I guess this is kind of where it gets a little stocky and a little sexist in a way yeah because she's terrified she doesn't want she doesn't know what to do she doesn't know she doesn't want to see Cary Grant naked she it's basically recreating that wedding night as it was in her mind Mm -hmm. I think so there's that fear there there's that whole like what is his expectations kind of thing um my mommy isn't here anymore to save me and well, I should tell him about this one time that I kissed, or that this guy kissed me, and yeah, make it a thing. Yeah. To kind of deflect from her being afraid of having sex. Yeah. Which now, I mean, when you think about it in the 50s, that's kind of a valid fear for women, um, because of how stigmatized sex was. And I mean, even today, there's still that, that aspect of it, but I think it was more apparent then Mm -hmm. just from research about the 50s and trying to get women back into the the roles that they were and maybe this was a fear that had further on later like earlier been presented earlier but you kind of women finally kind of could like step out into the world a little bit in the 50s and it was okay for them to work in a certain way and I could see where the fear of going back to, to that place of feeling like your opinions or your expectation or his expectations are now the forefront, your expectations and what your your thoughts don't really have as much of an influence anymore. Yeah, and it's not something you can come to, like, slowly or gradually and get used to. It's just, like, you've picked your, your, your wedding day and then that's your wedding night. That's his, that, yeah, you have to, like, you yeah. have to do it now. You can't yeah. say no or you can't, like, ease into it a little bit. Which I think is more of a fear in her 
head because he never came off as like the type who forced his right yeah and in their very first scene they're definitely very uh sexual couple yeah well because the whole staying home from a party is a sexual innuendo Mm-hmm. is that they're very much physical and so it's definitely not a fear for her anymore mm-hmm. but as a younger 20 something and not having the experience you can definitely i could I definitely could see that as a thing. I could see, in this scene, maybe it would have been better to have them both be, like, the 20-something so that you can see, like, his aspect of the... Because as a guy, I mean, as a nerdy guy, as he's supposed to be cast, you kind of get the impression that it was kind of his first two, in a way. So I'm sure he had some type of fear as well, so it would have been interesting to see them play off of one another's Mm -hmm. fear. Instead of just going with the the stock, like, sexist. Yeah, I thought that scene was had hints of sexism as well. I definitely don't think it was as bad as it could have been. Yeah, right. It, defi- it didn't make me, like, really cringe. Uh-uh, it was, for the time period and for how it was handled, I feel like it, it, it kind of did justice to what an actual person would feel instead of just a caricature. Right. This is what all women feel. Yeah, like, it was definitely what her feelings were, not... I never got the feeling that this is what all women are like on their wedding or night or anything like that. This was just mm-hmm. a recreation. Um, but, yeah, there definitely were, like, strange sexist in you in you windows that were in there. But maybe it was Ginger Rogers who kind of pulled, pulled more away from the caricature and added more depth it's possible. to it. But, yeah, it, de- it never felt, neither one of the characters ever felt like a caricature. Even when they were children, they right. never felt like caricatures. You're right. Yeah, so they get somewhat argumentative, and um, he has his glasses in his hands, and she knocks down his glasses and starts hitting him with a pillow, and then kicks him out of the hotel room. Where he promptly gets his, um, the tie for his pants. P- pajama pants stuck. Yeah. In the door. And, and she can't see. she doesn't care. So he's blind. He pulls himself loose, so he has to hold his pants up. Yeah. He, he walks into somebody else's room, and they start screaming, and so he wanders down the hallway all blind. He ends up in the laundry room. He's looking for a phone, and he ends up falling down the laundry chute. <laughs> Which was, again, another, like, point where the physical comedy was great. Like, mm-hmm. it was perfectly timed and well done because as he once he falls through the chute he lands in the the laundry basket which flies across the room and he hits his head on the wall yeah which knocks him out and he's just like what was it did he say like oh honey i wish you could uh like get over this or just let me in the room or something like yeah he's like let me in yeah (laughs) and uh yeah so then it's the next morning yeah um edwina's come down off her high some ladies have graciously found um, Carrie in the laundry room and have let him out. Yeah, because he can't, he clearly can't see anything. Yeah. And his pants are falling off. So Edwina, like, sees the two ladies bringing him up and she's like, oh, my poor darling. Oh, what have I done? Mm-hmm. 
and instantly like gives him her fur coat yeah. to wear. So he looks, he's starting to look a bit crazy. He's blind, he's wearing a woman's coat, he's wearing pajamas. He looks like he just came out of a mental hospital. Yeah, exactly. Like he just, <laughs> yes. So they get up to their house and then there's reporters there. Yeah, like something, I guess, we don't really know at the time what's going on until she explains what happened. Yeah. But, um... I think I like this part the least. Well, this is the confusing part because we didn't see any of the, like, the progression to it. Yeah. She apparently got so worked up, uh, when he was gone that he, like, she took him, like, hitting her or trying to find the glasses and knocking into her as assaulting her. Yeah. (laughs) And so she calls the lawyer. Yep. And her mother. Yep. In the middle of the night and tells them that Barnaby has assaulted her. Yeah. So then people come over calling him a wife beater and stuff. Yeah. And, like, uh, the mother-in-law is just like, how dare you strike a woman and stuff like that. Yeah, and I knew this was going to happen. It's like, how did you know? Like, this man, from what we know of this man, there is no way that he would strike his wife. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I'm like, this part is silly and it's a little too long. It was much too long for me. I think it was more of the setup to get the the animosity between um, the the lawyer guy and Barnaby. Mm-hmm. So he clears things up with the with them. Well, she clears things up. She clears things up. She's just like, listen, I was under the influence of a formula. Everything's fine. Everybody go home. Yeah, she like tells people to. She tells him, uh, Carrie to shut up a lot, too. Yeah. Which was great, like, because he would try and interject and, like, try and explain the situation, and she's just like, no, shut up, stop. Mm-hmm. Like, let me take care of this. Which was pretty well-timed, and again, why I can't, like, fully see this movie is completely sexist. Mm-hmm. Like, some can. Carrie, now, Barnaby, he wants to destroy the formula. Yes, he's saying that he can't... He, doesn't want this formula to be around because it has, it doesn't have the, the effects that you want because you don't need to be emotionally, emotionally that same age. You need to, like, he's just trying to cure the, the physical side effects, not the mental, like. Right. I thought there was a sweet moment right here where he said, why did you want a divorce? And she's like, I don't want a divorce. And he's like, well, it kind of brings out your, like, subconscious thoughts, right? <laughs> yeah, I think it was an interesting kind of, like, question for him to bring about because I don't think she wanted a divorce. I think he, that that was, like, his own personal fear because, you know, their their marriage was different. Like, they they got comfortable with one another, so they weren't doing the same exciting things. Right, plus he was very focused on his career and she was very supportive of him being very focused on his career. Yeah, so... She might have had some underlying, like, emotional discomfort with that. But I don't think that she... I don't think it was to the point where she saw herself falling out of love. I don't think she ever fell out of love with I think her as... Okay, here's what I think, and it could be related to the themes of it, is that, like, when you're 20 years old, you're gonna jump to things a lot sooner. You don't have that, like, seated experience of being older. Yeah, you don't, you, you have this, like, preconceived idea that that you can do anything, that you, 
can take the risks are not gonna hurt you right and also like if he doesn't do this he doesn't love me this doesn't you know yeah yeah like he's bringing up he's talking about his old girlfriends you know he has lipstick on his face or whatever you don't have that whole like okay well can you explain it to me kind of thing like you kind of jump to that and i think we've kind of as a society moved we kind of keep that aspect of our youth a little bit longer Mm -hmm. I think yeah that because we have this this huge idea that that young and 20 20 something is the the ideal age that there's nothing better than that that you can't you can never get any better than that and I think that that's kind of where I don't like this like side of society it's just like well as we age we should realize that we shouldn't jump to conclusions all the time that we shouldn't jump down people's throats uh, or try and we need to try and understand the context of things before we like automatically just attack yeah that's what i think that part was about it was about being in love as a 20 year old versus being in love as a 40 year old yeah yeah and and having the experience of like 15 years of marriage Mm -hmm. as yeah as opposed to being just married and like the fear that that kind of comes with that because I think especially with getting married in at that that age it's it's a different time period we don't get married people don't get married that young as much anymore but I think because we kind of get into this like we need to date for a really long time to to really feel that out or and marriage isn't for everyone but it's definitely a different kind of thing different relationship style. Mm-hmm. It's almost like we have, like, you can have your high school romance, then you can have your college romance, and then you can have your 20s romance, and then you can have your the person that you settle down with. Okay, so they kind of, um, at that point, were like, we need to chill. Let's make some coffee. Yeah, and they, like, down an entire pot of coffee. Yep. Which, made with the bottled water. Yes, made with the, the toxic... Fountain magical, of youth the water. The fountain of youth water. <laughs> Yeah, see? It's the fountain of youth, guys. At this time, both Edwina and Barnaby are drinking the coffee, and then he's had three cups, and she's had two, and um, Oxley wants to talk to them about... Well, he's meeting with his people. The board of directors. Right. About, like, we've got to acquire this formula. They're under the assumption that Barnaby hasn't told them about a secret ingredient. Right. Because his assistant has attempted to make the same formula and Oxley's tried it and had zero effects. Yes. Which he is very depressed about. Mm-hmm. The formula that they're drinking, whatever chemicals they're putting in their body is doing nothing. Right? Yeah. Yeah, it's literally nothing. It's, yeah, it's just the, the water, the yeah. watered down chimp formula. Because um, she's a genius. So they all go into the meeting pretty stoned. Yeah, I, this is, this was like an early L... <laughs> lcd like trip right like kind of thing alluding to it's it's it is kind of like a drug comedy almost right and oxy's like i'll give you money you give me the formula i'll give you money and then he kind of figures out that they're behaving like 10 year olds now yes um they have brought the chimp uh ethel right the chimp's name is ethel esther esther they brought the chimp Esther into the boardroom with them, which was just super cute because uh, at this point, uh, Ginger Rogers' character has pants on and she has rolled the legs up 
like a like mm-hmm. a 10 year old and she would. tied up her shirt yeah she tied up her shirt She's and super cute i was almost like half expecting them to put her in pigtails but she didn't change her hair which was which was nice mm-hmm. considering the last movie we watched with pigtails was just weird <laughs> but yeah so and he's wearing his shirt untucked yeah he's untucked his shirt he doesn't have his tie and coat on anymore no and uh he's i love that they changed their clothes and their hair to fit their age yeah, it, it, oh, it reminds me of Band Candy. I've never seen No, that. no, no, the Buffy episode, Band Candy. Oh, yeah. With Giles and Joyce. Yes, yes, <laughs> where they, like, go and she steals the feather coat thing. And it's exactly that. Yeah, it's exactly that. See, I'm so glad that Cary Grant and Ginger Rogers have passed this down through the ages, because everyone... For Joss just... Whedon to rip it off. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, more. I think more actors should like mm-hmm. like study their their characterizations or at least their 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 timing in comedy because you don't have that anymore. Mm-hmm. Like the timing in comedy is completely different. You don't put the physicality in it anymore. You know, I think they might do it in like a Freaky Friday movie. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I can't. I like it's mm-hmm. it's hard to really like pinpoint because there's not really. It's not the same. It's it's sad that it's not the same because I think this comedy really works. Like, it connects with you, like, on a very certain mm-hmm. level, um, just as, like, humans in general, because even though we're not from the time period, we still get the comedy. Yeah. Like, I think in, like, 10 or 15 years, that cannot be said for some of the com- comedies that come out now. Oh, you know what? It's like how I Love Lucy's totally timeless. Yeah, exactly. The reason I think this stays funny is because it's, it's so on the nose of understanding the psychology of people Mm -hmm. where it plays to a person's intelligence rather than trying to play to the ridiculousness of the situation and it was a ridiculous it was a ridiculous uh, situation but it never felt that way right it felt funny well i think in this scene actually i think it went on maybe a beat too long with the little kids yeah oh i loved every minute of it that might just me though just one, just one little beat too long of them begging for the... Oh, of the money thing. Yeah. Yes, that went way too long. I wanted to get to... No, the, the... them out in the world as kids, loved it. Yeah. Them in the office with um, Oxley and them trying to be like, tell us what the formula is. Tell... One, too long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, yeah. Just beat it, too was, long. it was too long. It, like, we didn't need the monkey climbing on the chandelier throwing well, yeah. the... the, the uh, lampshades? The lampshades and then the light bulbs at yeah. them. Um, yeah, but once they got out into the world, like, once Edwina and Barnaby got out, mm-hmm. outside, it was perfect. Like, it right. was on the nose, like, beat for beat, great. Yeah. Um, pretty much what, um, they promised, um, Oxley and his board of directors promised Barnaby all these things, a you know, pony and a... Yeah, they're trying to appeal um, to his little kidness. Right, and he's like, okay, I'll tell you, you just need to heat the formula up to 150 degrees, and they're like, yeah, you can go now, and then they leave, and then the assistant's like, but those were heated to 150 degrees, and they're like, no, fooled us again. <laughs> yeah. It's because Barnaby doesn't know that it's not their formula, that's yeah. not his formula. Yeah. And, uh, so then him and Edwina go out into, um, this neighborhood, and he's, like, playing kick the can. It's so cute. He was, like, really good at it, too. Like, he was, like, getting in some tap, tapping Mm -hmm. moves into it. It was great. And she was following him, and he's like, stop following me, and she's like, I'll do what I want. (laughs) Yeah, and it's exactly like when you see little kids who like each other, but, but one's a 
girl, one's a boy, and they don't want to admit it because that's weird. Mm-hmm. And when you're a little kid, and it was exactly what they they recreated one of those moments because they know their characters are deeply rooted in their love for one another. Yeah, and so that stays with them even as their personalities regress into their 10-year-old selves, which right. I thought was perfect. So they walk up, they stop in front of a house which is being painted, and they start throwing paint at each other. Yeah, he she won't leave, so he's just like, well, fine, and then throws paint at her. Yeah. And she's like, I'm gonna tell mother, yeah. and throws paint at him, and he's like, well, this one's for your mother, and then <laughs> strokes it down her, like, uh, her leg. And she's just like, you just don't understand, or something along those lines. And so she throws more paint at him, and then he eventually, like, pushes her, or taps her on the butt, Mm -hmm. and she falls into the paint, and drops the paintbrush into the black paint. Yeah, to her arm. Yeah. And she's just like, look what you've done! I'm telling! And runs away. Runs away to call Hank. Oh, yeah, to call Hank. Hank the lawyer. Lawyer dude. Yeah, so she calls him up. And, uh, it's just like, Barnaby's being mean to me. Yeah, very ten-year-old, like, little girl wants to be included, but the boys won't include her. Yeah, and all these things. And then she starts falling asleep, because that's what happens when the formula starts wearing off. And she took less than he did. Yeah, so it it, it comes, technically, yes, she should come out of it faster than he would. So she falls asleep. Mm Mm-hmm. And then Barnaby... Barnaby goes and plays cowboys and Indians with the local kids. Oh, yeah, because he... She has thrown black paint on his face. And, um, so he comes into their house and sees that she has called Hank and gets really upset. And so he's just like, well, you know what? You know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna... I'm gonna... I'm gonna fight him. I'm gonna... um, No, that's not right. And then he's like, oh, I'm gonna scalp him. Mm -hmm. And, uh... So this is this was probably my favorite bit, even though it's somewhat racist and somewhat like kind of screwed up. Mm-hmm. But as a kid, you play cowboys and Indians. Yeah, this it's, was this was racist, but it was also very indicative of the fifties. Like yes, like uh, the fifties was really obsessed with the the cowboy Indian TV shows. Yes, very much so. Like mm-hmm. Lone. Uh, Lone Ranger mm-hmm. and, and all that. that I mean, kind of radio shows before the TV shows. Yeah, but still, like, it, it, it's one of those things that you, like... This was very 1950s. Yeah, but his his actions in this whole thing were spot-on perfect. Yeah. and this is the part that definitely reminded me of Jim Carrey in Eternal Sunshine when he he was uh, being, like, a youngster with the young kids. Yeah, 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 where he's the, the big giant adult in as a child playing with the... the the 10 year old mm-hmm. so he like paints he takes her makeup and adds white streaks to his face Adds some war paint to war paint and then goes and steals his neighbor's like pruning shears pruning shears yeah and flies over the fence to play with the little kids mm-hmm. and uh to rally them to to um to scalp hank so when then they have little um john wayne john wayne kid that was so cute. Yeah, there was one kid in the group who was a cowboy who talked exactly like John Wayne. He said, you can't scalp anyone unless you, you do, do a war, war dance first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was, he was adorable. And then he conducts all the, women, all, the, all the children to sing. Yeah, he, like, 
gives them each, like, a little, like, section. He has the one with the drum do the beat, and mm-hmm. then, like, each section gets its own little, like, verbalization, mm-hmm. which was really cute to, to kind of see him in the middle with all these little kids because you know for those little kids how much fun that would have been mm-hmm. to just be, like, making a movie, like, you get to, like, that's the picture show. We're going to go, like, yeah, do that. Yeah, and they were little, little kids. Yeah, they were, like, nine, ten years old. So it's really cute to see him in not only his element of, like, musicality kind of mm-hmm. thing, but also, like, playing with these kids. Right, yeah, I was going to say it was his element of play. Yeah. Um. So meanwhile, the neighbor that he borrowed the shears from has been commissioned to take care of a baby. Yeah, a random baby. So she puts the baby down on the grass and says, like, go play. Yeah, like, here, there's a nice big yard for you to play in. And the baby crawls over to um, Edwina in bed and crawls up onto the bed. But he's naked. He's butt naked. <laughs> there is a baby butt. Wee-wee. And a wee. Yes, there's a little baby penis. And he, like, cuddles onto her and she wakes up. And she believes that it's Barnaby. Yeah. She's like, oh no, you've taken too much. (laughs) What have you done to yourself? We gotta go to the lab. So she takes the baby. (laughs) Yeah, she takes the baby. She's in the taxi cab with the taxi driver. And she's talking to the baby as if it's Barnaby. And she's like, my poor husband. And the taxi driver is like, what the hell is going on? Yeah. Shocked taxi driver face. Yeah. Um, so then... Uh, Hank shows up at their house, and the kids are there. They told Hank to that Edwina will meet him by the tree. And ask him to play Maypole with them. Right. So they end up tying him up very tightly. Yes. And then they're like, now! And um, Barnaby comes out of the woods <laughs> with the pruning shears, and they're all like, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> Yeah, they're running around, like, dancing, and he's, like, all, like, up in Hank's face, and mm-hmm. like, now what you gonna do? Yeah. <laughs> no, him with the kids, that, like, was that gold. was gold. Mm-hmm. Like, you couldn't, you can't really, you could recreate it, but I don't think you could recreate it at that level. Right. Today. Because kids are different, but... Oh my god, that was beautiful. Um, so, Edwina takes the baby to Oxley, and this is like, this is, this is Barnaby, so they're like talking to him, they're trying to be like, what was your secret formula? Yeah, (laughs) what was in the formula so that we can cure you? And the baby can't talk. (laughs) No, the baby's like, just chilling, and uh, with Edwina, and then the guy gives her, the baby his pocket watch mm-hmm. who he then he just like starts chewing on yeah it's shiny yeah it's just a baby um and then we cut back to hank and the and the little indians and his hair has been cut into a mohawk yeah and then um the cops show up so that all the kids disperse yeah it's like barnaby like oh it's cops go <laughs> <laughs> it was great like yeah you just kind of i i we just so um Oxley and Edwina's plan is that, okay, we know that it goes away once you go to sleep. We gotta get this baby to sleep. Yeah. So they're, like, trying to make the baby sleep um, by rocking and uh, different things. She even sings to him. Their song. Yeah. And so then everybody kind of just leaves the office and goes into the, uh, the lab. Which is, like, and then, like, 
Oxley's like, I'm thirsty. Let's all drink. Yeah, let's all have a, uh, some whiskey. No, he's like, don't you have anything to drink around here? And he's like, I don't have the liquor. Well, we've got drinking fountain here. Yeah. Well, no, they did have liquor. They had like a... I thought they didn't because they had to drink the, the water. Yeah, when you do whiskey... Oh, I didn't know use... that they had the whiskey. Yeah, you when you you mix whiskey with water to, to water it down to actually give it more of an effect. See, I thought they drank the water because they didn't have alcohol on them. No, they drank the, the they did the shot of whiskey and then they took the, the shot of water. Well, good. Well, we didn't see them doing that anyway, so they were just talking about it. And then we cut back and um, Barnaby climbs into his office window to go to sleep because he's really tired now. And he's talking to the baby as if it's just like a thing. Yeah. That's normally there. He's like, oh, who are you? Doesn't matter. Just uh, move over a bit. Yeah, move over a bit, son. I need I need to share this yeah. couch with you. Yeah. He said something cute. of like, no, no, no. Just, just sleep. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. The baby like, like reaches at him and goes, ah. And he's like, no, no, no. No, no child sleep time. It's just, just no formalities, just sleep. Yeah. And then Edwina comes back and to check on the baby, and Barnaby's there, and there's two of him now. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, oh my god, I thought you were, like, I thought you were dead or something along the lines of that, and, but now there's two. How did this happen? <laughs> and Barnaby's just like, well, I don't know who this guy is. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm me. Like, this is, this yeah, is baby. Yeah, he's, he's come out of it now. Yeah. Um, he's had, like, I don't know, a wink of sleep. And then they, they're like, yay, well, let's go find out who this baby belongs to. <laughs> yeah, but everyone in the lab has gone nutty. Yeah, this is the part where they're all spraying each other with water, all the seltzer water. Yeah, and the monkeys are playing, and then they got the, the water hoses from the fountains and everything going. Mm-hmm. And it's everybody's having a good old time, and then they realize the assistant's like, Esther made the formula all along. Here, it was in the water fountain. Yeah. And uh, he's like, oh, okay. We have to find out who this baby is. Yeah. And then they leave. So then it cuts back to them, and it looks just like the beginning of the movie. It was yeah. a perfect sandwich. Yeah, they're getting uh, they're getting ready to go out. Out uh, on the town. Out on the town. Um, and I think she was like, are you sad that it wasn't your formula? And he goes, I've got a new formula now. Yeah, which is so cute because he then goes on to talk about how, because she asks him what it is. And he says, you're only old when you forget that you were, like, who you were as you, when you were young. Right. You're only old when you forget. Yeah. When you and, like, young. if you hold that person, it's like holding that person in your heart. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like the twinkle in your eye yeah. every so often. And then they kiss. Yeah. Age is just a... A formality. Yeah. Essentially. Right. You can kiss. be as young as you feel. Yes. And then they kiss. And they kiss. And the happy ending. And it fades out and says the end. Yeah. It was beautiful. Mm-hmm. I think this was like our very first true romantic comedy. I believe it. Because the romance was like such a forefront in the plot. And the comedy was just there. Mm-hmm. Like it existed within that world kind of thing. So I think it, yeah, it's the first one where I, I really did feel like it was a romantic comedy. Same. I agree. I'm going to give it five out of five naked baby butts. Ha! Yep. That's what I'm going to do. Five out of five naked baby butts. I'm also going to give it five. I'm giving it a uh, five spinning chimpanzees. Ooh, I like it. 
with his shoes and everything. I'm cute. <laughs> All right. Um, next week we are watching 1953's Always a Bride. This sounds like we're going back. We're taking a step back. Yeah, I think it's British. <laughs> Damn it, the British! I'm so happy we dumped your tea into the harbor. Ah. Harbor. All right, guys. We're going to wrap it up, and you can listen to our other episodes and download them on thecutaways.com. Please leave us some comments and rates and subscribe on iTunes, and you can talk to us on Facebook and Twitter at, at Cutaways Podcast. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Yes. Thank you, and good night. Bye! Bye! The end! <laughs>